It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Monday, December 14th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Week 14 of the 2020 season for the Miami Dolphins was not as fun as it could have been, but this was still a fun game. And if you've listened to Locked On Dolphins throughout the course of this season, you will know I am not very much for consolation prizes. I don't like consolation prizes. I don't like making excuses for losing. But the Dolphins played the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 14, and the Dolphins lost by a final score of 33-27. to And you can get into the troubling trends of how the Dolphins have lost uh, football games against the three legitimate Super Bowl contenders on their schedule thus far this season in Buffalo, Seattle, and Kansas City, and lost them all in one-score football games. But if you remember that this is a year two of a rebuild situation, and the Dolphins are starting a rookie quarterback against Kansas City, three rookies on the offensive line, their leading receiver in this football game was a rookie. Defensively, a bunch of new pieces as well. I don't really know how I can be angry about a six-point loss in December to Kansas City that drops the Dolphins to 8-5 and five on the season. This was not a game that I think very many of us as Dolphins fans should have expected to win. And I think it, it gives you a little bit more helpful insight on where this team is at when they lose a game you expect them to lose, but how did they look in losing it? And And that's really what stands out to me as I think about this game. This Miami Dolphins loss and how the Dolphins with 14 minutes at the, at the top of the f- fourth quarter, they're down 20 points and Kansas City has the ball and they're going in again. And Xavier Howard makes his ninth interception of the season on a one-handed pick on a target to Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins proceed to outscore the Chiefs in the fourth quarter 17-3 to to make it a ball game, to make it really interesting, and from being a fourth-and-one stop from potentially giving the football back to Tua Tungvalo with a chance to win the football game with two minutes left. An onside kick away from having an opportunity to Hail Mary to potentially win the game a little over two years past the anniversary of the Miami Miracle, in which the Dolphins wore the same throwback uniforms against a Super Bowl-winning team and won the football game. I love how the defense started. I love from an identity perspective, um, Miami was a lot of bend, don't break, uh, but they were opportunistic. They picked their spots. They stayed true to their identity. They chose to blitz Patrick Mahomes. 
They got to pressure him a couple of times. They rattled him at times. They forced a bunch of turnovers in this football game. Patrick Mahomes has thrown more interceptions against the Miami Dolphins this year than all the other teams on his schedule combined. Again, I'm not big on consolation prizes. But I didn't expect the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs in Week 14, and they didn't. And the fact that they showed the tenacity and the mental toughness, and you hear about players taking on the identity of their coaches, and it's so true with this Dolphins team, and Brian Flores, and methodical, and they don't get too high, and they don't get too low, and they fought back, and they they really gave us as Dolphins fans something to be proud of as far as the product they put on the field, especially when you consider the players that were missing from this football game. For the Dolphins, Dolphins learned out in the pregame that Elan and Roberts and Kyle Van Noy, along with Eric Flowers, would not dress. Neither would Savan Ahmed with a shoulder injury, joining the Dolphins' other two top running backs on the death chart, Miles Gaskin and Matt Brito, who are both on the reserve COVID-19 list. Then you get into the game, and Devontae Parker goes down with a leg injury, does not return, does not play the entirety of the second half. And then Mike Gusecki suffers what appears to be a relatively serious shoulder injury as well. So if you're keeping score at home, Tua Valoa by himself, okay, led, outscored the Chiefs by a score of 17-3 to in the fourth quarter and was working with an offense that was missing running back one through running back three, their best wide receiver, technically their second best wide receiver in Preston Williams, who we didn't even mention, Mike Gusecki, Eric Flowers was out. There's three rookies on the offensive line. We're throwing to Limbone Jr., who had another great game. I'm super excited about what he's bringing to the table from a versatility perspective. I think he can be uh, the long-term Albert Wilson role on the roster. I think Albert Wilson can be that. And uh, I've loved seeing him kind of make the most of his opportunities. And the opportunities feel like they're going to continue to be ripe for him. Um, And none, none of this, you know, we're just setting the stage to talk about Tua Tagovailoa with talking about what the offense is missing. The Dolphins outscored the Chiefs in the first and the fourth quarters of the game, twenty-seven to three. And if not for the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, there's a three-minute window where the Kansas City Chiefs scored twenty-one points. End of half, touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. Beginning of second half, 44-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. Dolphins' immediate possession afterwards goes absolutely nowhere. Punt, punt return for a touchdown. Meet Cole Harvin. I didn't even get into Bobby McCain's injury and the fact that both of Tyreek Hill's 30-plus-yard touchdown plays came without Bobby McCain on the field. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that Clayton Fejlum sticks his nose inside on a deep post and gets absolutely torched by Tyreek Hill 
for a touchdown. It was the first play after Bobby McCain went out of the game the second time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Van Noy was defensive play caller. He missed the entirety of the game with a hip injury that he's been working with for a month, month and a half. The moral of the story is this. Uh, th- this Miami Dolphins team can play with anybody. They can play with anybody. And... Uh, you know, I went back and looked at my my schedule prediction that I did for USA Today's Dolphins Wire. And at this point in time, I had the Dolphins sitting at 8-5 and five with a loss to Kansas City. I predicted they would lose by a little bit more, but of course, dynamics change as the season goes on, and I made those predictions in early September. Uh, so, the Dolphins really just need to look at their season through this lens. Playoffs start today. If you want to make it to the wild card weekend and you want to take care of business, the playoffs start today. You play the 6-7 and seven New England Patriots this week. The week after that, you play the Las Vegas Raiders who are falling apart at the seams. And then you play a Buffalo Bills team that is one Dolphins loss or one Bills win away from clinching the AFC East. Remember, the Dolphins cannot finish the season with the same record as the Buffalo Bills and win the East. There is no tiebreaker scenario in which that breaks in the Dolphins' favor. So, Buffalo beat the Pittsburgh Steelers last night to move to 10-3, and and the Dolphins at 8-5. and There's three games to play. They play each other for one. Miami can win that. That would make them one game worse than the Bills. They would need to win out, and they would need the Bills to lose out. How likely is that to happen? Well, the Bills, they're at Denver, at New England, home against Miami. Uh, Denver obviously proved to be a house of horrors, for the Dolphins, the Broncos sitting at 5-8 and eight this season. They did beat the Carolina Panthers, who were coming off the bye. And they gave the Kansas City Chiefs everything that they could handle the week before that. Not impossible, but it's next to 0% chance of actually happening. So, Dolphins' eyes shift towards the wild card. The Cleveland Browns play tonight. They will be at worst 9-4. and four. We are rooting for the Cleveland Browns tonight, by the way. Uh, because they're playing the 7-5 and five Baltimore Ravens. Miami can hold a tiebreaker over Baltimore if they finish the season with the same record. Uh, so every game counts at this point from that perspective. Baltimore at 7-5, Miami at 8-5. Miami in the last spot owns a game up already on the Raiders, who are 7-6. and six. And if they hold a spot over the Ravens, 
Miami's in a really good position to take advantage and finishes the seven seed and potentially play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. Little Minka Fitzpatrick revenge. How about that? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Although, I don't know. Buffalo is Buffalo's a game out of the two seed and has a head-to-head over Pittsburgh, so it might be Buffalo. What is interesting here for the Dolphins, you think about the three games that they have left to play. New England Patriots, Las Vegas Raiders, Buffalo Bills. Patriots, 6-7. and seven. Uh, They just found out last night when Buffalo won that they are mathematically eliminated from winning the division. Uh, this will be their first non-10-win season since like 2002. Like, is there any sense of getting down on themselves? You know, and if they come out flat because of the lost... Uh, everything that was lost this weekend with New England losing the way that they did to the Rams the week prior or on Thursday night, Miami could catch them flat. New England has to travel. Miami's pissed off. New England beat them earlier in the year. I think it sets up very favorably for Miami to get a really good crack, but that depends on the health of this football team. Is Bobby McCain healthy to play? Is Devontae Parker ready to play? Is Mike Kosicki confirmed out? Can the Dolphins get a running back back and keep them on the roster, on the active roster, and dressing on game day? Please. Is Kyle Van Noy able to get healthy? These things have to break the Dolphins' way. Otherwise, this becomes a very steep task when you consider you have a rookie quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa starting against the New England Patriots. So, tonight's game for, between Baltimore and Cleveland is very important for the Dolphins because a Browns win would move the Browns to 10-3. and three. They would be the, in the driver's seat for the five. Uh, the Titans and Colts in the AFC South are both 9-4. and four. Whoever does not get that division is in the driver's seat for the six seed. Miami right now is in the driver's seat for the seven, provided they get the game up on Baltimore. Because Baltimore's final three games are Jacksonville, New York, and Cincinnati. Jacksonville has one win. It was week one of the season. The Giants, surprisingly tough out. They may be a spoiler, but that's, you know, you're banking on the 5-8 and eight New York Giants to bail you out and beat Baltimore, in Baltimore. And then Cincinnati's 2-10-1. Baltimore's getting two and a half wins after this week, which puts them at nine and a half cannot afford to have them beat Cleveland tonight and and feel really good about your chances. So for Miami, I'm not going to dwell super hard on, on what was for this football game because, again, the expectations coming into this game were you're playing the Super Bowl champions who are healthy. They're embarrassingly loaded as far as talent goes. Um, you did force them into uncharacteristic mistakes. You got three interceptions off of Patrick Mahomes. But at the end of the day, um, in the, the final two minutes of the first half has been an area in which the Dolphins have had success a lot this season. Uh, they could not afford to break in the red zone on that drive. Just as they could not afford in the red zone the Dolphins early in the football game to have a ball go careening off the Devontae Parker's hands on a corner route that should have very easily been caught for a touchdown. 
Jakeem Grant did not have a good day. Uh, special teams lost some yardage on return. Dropped uh, at least one pat. No, he dropped two. He did drop two. The, the first one on the opening possession was a frustrating drop over the middle of the field that to a really good anticipation standing in, looking down the barrel, throwing the ball, money throw, dropped. Not even really hit on the play. Um, I don't want to... It's going to be really easy to let the Jakeem Grant hate snowball for Dolphins fans because he dropped one last week uh, against the Bengals that would have been like a 91-yard touchdown. Could Jakeem Grant have caught the ball vertically down the field? Uh, that ended up being Tua Tungvaloa's first career interception. Yes. Jakeem Grant could have and arguably should have caught that football. But Tua also left it short because the last thing that you want is a 5-7 receiver with two yards of separation going vertical down the field to have to come to a complete stop and come back towards the line of scrimmage to attack the football in the air. Jakeem Grant's never going to win that way. Interestingly enough, you put it out in front of him like he did the week prior, he dropped it. So it's kind of a loose, loose, loose situation there. But Tua Tungvaloa is really the storyline of this football game for a lot of Dolphins fans. And um, whether or not the Dolphins have the ammunition, whether or not they're healthy enough uh, to kind of attack this playoff start now mentality and uh, have the success and get into the postseason that, that they would like to. It was a really big debate for a lot of Dolphins fans pertaining to is the development of Tua Tungvaloa more important to you in 2020 than this team making the postseason in 2020? And a lot of people emphatically said yes. I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. Um, but if Tua Tungvaloa is able to play football games for the Dolphins, the way in which he played them against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dolphins are going to win a lot of football games. Because Tua was accurate, uh, they, they've kind of finally embraced the Ryan Fitzpatrick approach to football. Now, I've, I've never really bought, they call better plays for one or the other. I do think different parts of the playbook have been accessible, but Miami called a game in which they knew they were going to have to score 30 points to win the game. We said that on Friday. you you got to plan to score 30 to win this football game. Well, Kansas City got a punt return that was, first of all, bullshit because there was a hold on the gunner at the bottom of the screen. Guy literally lassoed him and threw him to the ground, and we magically don't call it. I don't know how that works. So that's seven points, not on your defense. Tua gets sacked in the end zone, trying to make something happen when the game's kind of snowballed. It was 28 unanswered points from Kansas City, 28 to 10 at this point in time. So that's nine points. Kansas City scored 27 or 30, 33. So Miami's defense conceded 24 points in the game. Then you start playing the game. Okay, what if Tua doesn't take the sack? 
And what if Devontae Parker catches the ball? And what if Jason Sanders doesn't miss the first field goal? Like, you can play that game all day long, and, like, you'll get sick playing that game with yourself. Don't do it. That would be my advice. Do not play that game with yourself. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just, like, delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, Visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Instead of playing the coulda, shoulda, woulda, or wring your hands, or, or fret about missed opportunities from which the Dolphins could have scored a wonderful, legendary win over the Kansas City Chiefs, um, instead of doing that, let's focus on what the focus has been on and about for the Dolphins all season long, and that's their young quarterback, right? The three yards per carry guys made a great point after the game and that it really didn't seem to matter in the game that the Dolphins, Tua Tungvalu was no less impactful or, or effective as a passer without Devontae Parker and without Mike Gusecki. They were still able to engineer touchdown drives. Now, it wasn't as pretty. The players didn't win as clean. There's less experienced players. Yes, I agree with all that. Uh, but the three yards per carry guys made a great point in that great quarterbacks elevate the play of those around them. And uh, I, I thought Tua, in the moment, you know, Devontae goes down. Mike Gusecki goes down. The Dolphins are still able to create a lot of offense in a short amount of time. They scored 17 points in just 14 minutes and change to cut this this game to six points. And we're within an onside kick away from, from really making it interesting. So I wish I could say I was mad. I wish I could say I was angry. I'm more insightful this morning than anything. And uh, while you certainly wish the Dolphins would have won, and the Dolphins can certainly look in the mirrors and say, man, if I execute this and you execute that, we would have won that football game. Steam jumped up. They were on Kansas City 10 to nothing. But that's what Kansas City does. You're almost in a worse position putting Kansas City in a major hole because it forces them to really just play relentlessly. And that's how you go from being up 10 nothing to down 30-10 to 
and about to give up more points, if not for Xavier Howard. Defensive player of the year, by the way. Um, so keep be proud of your team, I think is the statement that I would leave you guys with for today's show. Um, be proud of the effort that this team put forth. Be proud of how quickly this team has come in such a short amount of time. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but we played the AFC's top seed in 2019 as well. Anybody remember how that game went? Does anybody remember what the final score of the Dolphins and Ravens game in week one was last year? The Dolphins lost by 49 points. It was 59 to 10. It was 42 to 10 at halftime. And the Dolphins were lucky that Baltimore took their foot off the gas, to be honest with you. It was 42 to 3 before Preston Williams scored with 13 seconds left in the first half in that football game. And if you want to know what, from a performance perspective, that looked like for the Dolphins, the Dolphins had 12 first downs, they had 200 yards on 47 total plays, Baltimore had 643 yards, averaged 8.8 yards per play. The Dolphins turned the ball over three times, possessed the football, for less than 20 minutes of the football game and gave up 31 first downs. We're penalized nine times for 64 yards. Now, is the box score super pretty against the Kansas City Chiefs? No, but you know what? It's never going to be. It's never going to be when you play the Chiefs. The Dolphins outpossessed Kansas City. More first downs than Kansas City. Won the turnover battle by three were penalized five less times for 51 less yards. But the things that the Dolphins typically did all season long, defense and special teams caught up to them and were the difference in two very well-coached teams. One just happened to have a lot more talent than the other. And that was Kansas City. And that's no detriment to Chris Greer. That's no detriment to Brian Flores. That's no detriment to the players on the team. But if we're being honest, we are one year out from losing to Baltimore 59-10 to and getting boat raced. Or one year out with five or six starting rookies on the offense. Missing some of your best players for significant amounts of time including back-breaking plays with Bobby McCain being out. And you lost by six. And if not for a flurry of points of 21 in a three-minute span of game clock between the first and second halves, who knows what this looks like. This Dolphins team can play with anybody, and they can beat anybody. They have to learn now how to beat, I said it earlier this season, the Dolphins have to learn how to win and close games. The Dolphins now have to do that against elite competition because they're 0 for 3 this year. It is what it is. This is a very young football team. It's the youngest roster in football. Year two of a rebuild. The Dolphins, their supporting cast around their young quarterback needs to get better and the Dolphins are entirely too reliant on Devontae Parker to have a functional passing game. So, we're on to New England. And the playoffs start now. 
And if the next three weeks don't go our way, there's no shame in anything the Dolphins have illustrated this season. And you should be proud of the product and the direction of this franchise. And you should know that this offseason, we're going to have a hell of a time. Look at A, B, C, X, Y, and Z, all these hypotheticals for the Miami Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Locked on Dolphins is done for the day. Tomorrow is Power to the Pod. It's your show, your questions, your topics. Hashtag Power to the Pod. Submit them to Locked on Fins with a PH on Twitter. I'll make sure I tackle as many of them as I can. Miami Dolphins 8-5 and five, losing in Week 14, 33-27 in a very exciting game with the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. We're on to New England. Let's get a dub this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.